You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always on a Monday, we speak to David Shapiro. So it's time for Shapiro World, a Shapiro World special from Manhattan, New York, of course. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Did you go running in the park this morning? I know it's quite early I, still, but did, did you run in the no, park this no, morning? I, I did. In fact, uh, the beautiful thing is that uh, you can get up at you know five o'clock in the morning or run six. It's it's warm. It's lovely. Mm. And the park is special at the moment because uh, it's all green. And I t- there's one tree that, that emits uh, an incredible fresh smell. So I think running in Central Park at this time of the year is, is special. Yeah, the only problem is, Lindsay, I'm running yeah. slower and slower. <laughs> so, so I get to smell the flowers a lot. Exactly. If, you, if you're going to run anywhere, <laughs> if you're going to run slowly anywhere at Central Park, I remember I did a, a documentary for CNBC Africa there, and I got some mm. statistics about Central Park because I did quite a bit of filming there. The amount of trees there are there and the size of know. the Central Park space is one of the great urban greeneries in the world. No, no, it is. People misunderstand it because it's it's nothing like Hyde Park. You know, mm. Hyde Park is pretty flat and uh, uneventful. Here, there are forests and places here that uh, and gardens that are quite phenomenal. And you know, the undulations and lakes and rivers and little, especially especially on the side that the tourists avoid, which uh, which would be near Harlem. Um, yeah. The, what would that be? The I'm trying to get my perspective on the northeast, north wouldn't it? Yeah, the northeast. North yeah, the the yeah. northeast side, yeah, and even the northwest side, and that there's some lovely, lovely areas there, and uh, the old Harlem Lake, uh, and there's a conservatory garden there, which is like an old Italian garden, absolutely beautiful, and that. But it's too far north for tourists to venture to, so Good. it becomes pretty much a a, a New York, um, you know, not resting place. What 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 would I call just area with people sanctuary peace and that sanctuary that's a sanctuary mm. yeah. yeah beautiful yeah very very nice um david have you been keeping in touch I'm, i know you got you're one of those people that can't stay out of touch but have mm-hmm. you been keeping in touch with business since you've been there i have and um, you know i've been um, i've been looking at markets um i arrived here on friday and friday was a special day for me as well because my son-in-law listed on nasdaq now i'd always imagine Nasdaq to be a market, but there wasn't enough place for for grandparents so or uh, sorry, you know, parents in law. Mm. So we had to sit outside or I was standing in Times Square. Uh, it was raining like anything and uh, we had to watch the listing from from the outside. And you know, he's um my son in law is the CFO of uh, a company called Prevail Therapeutics, which which is gene therapy. It's a it's a biotech company, gene therapy for um, Parkinson's. Yes. What what was special about it is that, and this is the point. I'm not bringing up uh, the listing itself, but rather, it was just one of a number of companies that were listing Lindsay. Yes. And and that struck me. And you know, with us, a listing is a bigger. Fear. And when I say us, I'm talking Joburg. And yet, yeah, it was just one of I don't know how many others were coming on or being listed uh, on Nasdaq that day. And it, be, it begins to raise the whole issue of of um, just how much energy and how much technology and how much change is taking place. There's still an appetite for all these kind of businesses. You can raise the money. Of course, probably it's a function of low interest rates as well and also, you know, looking for uh, blockbusters or blockbuster companies. But, you know, that's something that 
we can't remember. That's just so far away from uh, from the JSE or from other markets. Just this, and and also I think it also just gives you an idea um, where people are so worried about whether the Fed's going to raise rates or they're going to lower rates. You know, Trump wars and that. Despite that, technological advancements just keep going and going and going. And you know, what I mean. Um, as long as they can raise the money and they've still got these backers, um, you're going to find this phenomena continuing. Oh, yeah, that's, think- what, that's what struck me standing out there. I'm saying, hey, you know, uh, nothing's stopping this. It's almost as though these technology companies like the Fang stocks are they've got defensive yeah. qualities as well as growth mm. qualities because they don't mm. seem to care whether there's a half a percent interest rate okay. difference this year uh, to last year they just keep on going because we consume we carry on consuming and if you have a look today at the JSC one of the things that came out this morning 10 past 7 South African time while you were asleep the JSE limited trading statement for the six months ended I June 25 to 35% down in headline earnings I, per share I think I, it was the share price as we pre-record down 9% it's extraordinary Yes, not unexpected. Lindsay, I monitor it every day. You know, every day when I prepare for radio and I prepare for whatever I'm doing, I always have a look at volumes. And this started when SA Breweries delisted. Right. From the time that SA Breweries delisted, we started to see interest in the JSC beginning to fall and volumes going down. Now for us, an average day is about $16 billion. In fact, the, mon- the numbers are highly distorted by um, the tra- you know, by, by Nasdaq, Nasdaq, NASPAS, where, yes. uh, which accounts for 20 to 25% of daily volumes. Huge amounts go through in the closing auctions, which also distort the numbers. So when you get rid of the, um, I, and, and I still can't put my finger on who does these trades in the last few minutes, whether they're squaring trades, the ETFs, uh, balancing, I don't know, and nor can the stock exchange explain to me. But when I get rid of all that and I look at the actual trade taking place on the JSE, it's not sufficient to support the industry. It's not sufficient to support my business, uh, and I'm talking South African business. It's not sufficient to support all those institutions that are pursuing uh, investment, whether it's an Investec, a Coronation, an Old Mutual, a Sunder. It's It's... The JSE is shrinking, you know, it continues to shrink and it will shrink with the economy. I know I'm sounding, I'm sounding off, but but I think people uh, haven't woken up to the fact that, you know, we're in a very, very low growth economy and uh, that without, without growth, you can't drive a JSE, you can't drive a market. It's a shocking result. Yeah, it really is bad, and hopefully things, they can consolidate, they can cut costs, and hopefully we will get a listing occasionally here and there. But as you say, I mean, there's, a, there's a population of, what, 60 million in South Africa versus how many million in the United States? Let's call it close to 300 million. 300 so million. we're 20% of the population, but we are one of the biggest economies in Africa, and after the 3.2% yeah. GDP <laughs> fall, we're below Egypt and Nigeria. But there's nothing coming to market. There's nothing no, fresh. They're more, they're more unemployed in South Africa than they are unemployed in the U.S. Mm. <laughs> I mean, talking in actual numbers. If you look at 3.5% of 3 million is 9 million odd people, 30% of 16 is 18 million people. I'm just quickly. So there are twice as many unemployed in South Africa as there are in the U.S. Mm. And that's the difference. Uh, people have got jobs. I must, I must say the one thing about summer in New York, it starts to attract 
um, a lot of, I wouldn't say vagrants in large numbers, nothing to, nothing compared with South Africa. But running this morning, I did see a three or four people sleeping on benches, you know, like <laughs> obviously people, homeless people there, which, which you don't normally see in the winter. But, um, mm. so I suppose summer and tourism attracts, uh, the beggar types, people looking for, for jobs or trying to look for some money on that, but are homeless. Yes. Um, talking about NASPERS, which you did because you talked about it skewing the mm. performance of JSC Securities Exchange, there's a very good article today in the Daily Mavericks Business Maverick offer, offering, which is um, headed up by uh, ex-Business Day editor Tim Cohen. And Tim he goes Cohen, on, yeah. He, he says... Naspers is now SA's largest company, and not just by a little bit. Naspers is now the same size from a market cap perspective to Anglo-American, Standard Bank, Sassel, MTN, and Vodacom combined. All of those combined equals one Naspers. And it goes on to explain what, it's, as he calls it, existential crisis is and how difficult it is to analyze. Their results came out on Friday. I, I, I didn't understand it, but they are now probably the world's biggest classifieds company, which is astonishing. You can't take anything away from them. I mean, it's a, it's a highly successful business. Um, I don't know about the classified business. I haven't, I haven't looked into it. I still think that the, uh, the price is being determined more by Tencent rather than by those businesses. But I think the hope is that with a listing in Amsterdam, that uh, the independents will be there or be able to raise money to try and build up these businesses and try and isolate themselves or, um, you know, and hitch themselves from, from, from Tencent. But, I mean, as things are, most of the cash flow that they do receive, and it's not cash flow because it's – or the earnings that they consolidate are still coming from – Largely from ten cent. You know, I don't think the classified business is making money. If it is, I'm 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 not sure. I don't. You know, I'm not sure whether it does contribute anything positively. But um, it might be the world's largest. But it's something they can build on. The, um, the article says the following: It urgently needs that's Naspers needs to move out of the shadow of ten cent. Interestingly, mm. interestingly, the Naspers investor pack includes a graph which purports to show the company is now growing faster than its Chinese partner. That's what the investor pack yeah. says. And then it says, take one example, Naspers now has the largest classifieds business in the world. In the, okay. in the world, which is an astonishing uh, statistic and I think a, a feather in Kurs Becker and his team's hat, Bob I, Van Dyke. I, that, that would be Bob Van Dyke, yeah. yeah. That would probably be Bob uh, who's, who's kind of uh, moving that forward. I've got to look at that one as well. I've... I've uh, um, I'm not ready to comment on that. I'm just looking at the market value of NASPERS in, in terms just to go what Tim's saying. It's 1.5 trillion rand, and that's bigger than British American tobacco, uh -huh. which has come down understandably. And uh, BHP, Glencore, BHP is distorted because it's uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's still split up into two businesses, so we only list half of it. Glencore, yeah, Anglo-American, which would be our first company, comes in about 500, just under 600 billion. So he's right what he says. You know, NASPERS is a huge business. We're still significantly under ABM Bev, which is the largest listed business on the JSE, which comes in at 2.6 trillion. Yes. But, you know, you see the sad thing. The sad thing is that um, with all of this um, – you know, even with all these large businesses, when we get to JSC Inc., 
to those businesses um, that we hope are going to contribute to the volumes and values of the JSC, we're coming down to very, very small businesses which are totally overshadowed in the indices by these big businesses. So what am I getting at, Lindsay, is that we're gone into a passive world. We go into a passive world where, you know, this is where I say I hate Jack Bogle or Boggle, whatever you want to say. He killed the market. Mm. And, uh, you know, everybody triumphs him because he's made investment very, very cheap to invest in. But from my point of view, what do we buy? We buy ETFs, or, which are tracker funds. So we buy a Satrix 40 or we buy whatever, whatever tracker fund there is that tracks the index. Because right. nobody wants to be under the index. So the only way you can, can go with the index is to buy the index. You know, you never underperform, you never outperform. No one can ever criticize you. You're in line. But what's in the index? Last best, 25%, you know, BHP, um, British American Tobacco, you name it, Richmond, all of these. These are non-South African businesses. So what are we doing when we, when, when, uh, when all these financial planners go out, they go and buy the so-called, uh, tracker funds or they go buy passive ETFs, all of which have these large businesses in, leaving very little way for, uh, you know, to, to invest in anything below that. And you dare not. You dare not go and venture into some of the smaller businesses just in case you underperform this. Because why? Every quarter you're forced to uh, you're forced to come back to your pension fund or your clients and report. Yeah. And should you miss, you know, should you miss the index or should be under or over? Of course, uh, people are so fickle; you, they drop you like anything. So we perpetuate, you know, we perpetuate the move towards these larger businesses by 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 becoming passive. There's a company that uh, derives 76% of its business from South Africa. It's called Invicta. They came out with their results today. Yeah. And I'm just going to read you the overview of the year, just the first paragraph, David, if I may. This has been one of the toughest years on record for the group. Mm. Almost every sector, it goes on to say, mm. served by the group in South Africa, from which the group derives a 76% of its revenue, has been under severe economic pressure. The generally yeah. poor economic mm. conditions in South Africa and months of uncertainty leading up to the general election in May 2019 mm -hmm. contributed to a general decline in demand for products across our product range. It yeah. says it all, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Well, one thing about Invicta, they've always been forthcoming in their, uh, in their commentary. You know, they've never held back and they've always been truthful about what, how things are. Uh, they're in engineering, manufacturing, uh, to an extent in mining. They're, they're in, I think they're mainly equipment, um, by equipment, I mean engineering type products that are used in, 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 in developing a country. Yeah. And they tell you how it is. And I, it raises another issue, which, which I find quite astonishing. Now, these are the areas of the economy that we need to, to focus on. We need to build up. Uh, the growth side of the economy. And yet, what makes the headlines that somebody's building another insurance company or we're building another bank mm. and everybody gets excited because Discovery are coming with a bank, Time are coming with a bank. Uh, what's the uh, RMI or RM, I don't know, what's ARC, sorry. Yes. Um, is building another insurance company. Why do we need all of these? You know, to, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, it, it, it's, it's the last thing on earth we need are those kind of businesses. And nor do those businesses, are they going to serve anything if there's the underlying economy? And I think what Invicta shows you is where the real economy is and how difficult things are. Yeah, uh, and, 
The proliferation of financial services offerings is is very similar to the shopping mall complex, which I call it. Yeah. One gets knocked down because it's not fashionable anymore, and another one goes up, or one goes up near another one, and it's the cannibalization of the shopping Mm. public. There's not new shoppers being created, that's for sure. Yeah. No, so it's the same no, with financial services. And, and it's a, well, retail is also a function of uh, the service industry. If people are earning money, they'll go out and spend. But I think, I think also going back to the State of the Nation address, you know, if you, if you listen to Ramaphosa and uh, we're all waiting for some kind of solution. We're all waiting for a plan. I know there's a national development plan and so on, but yes. we're all waiting for some kind of uh, guidance or, or some kind of path that is going to take us out of the misery that we're in. It's going to take Invicta out of its, uh, its position. And, and we're not seeing that. Nobody really wants to do the hard work. You know, and no one wants to get down and actually, we all want to go on road shows and we all want to raise capital, but no one actually wants to clean up the economy and wants to actually do the dirty work that's going to get us going. Uh, get us going again and a plan that's going to help that. Lindsay, you know what happens to me all the time? Yes. Non-stop. Go people on. that have worked for me, you know, young people that have worked for me, um, because of a change in my life, I've moved out of a house, you know, I've gone into a smaller apartment and my life has changed to an extent and that. And the difficulties that these people, you know, are finding or the children of these people, of finding jobs and their appeals come. You know, I'm desperate. Please help me find a job. Can you assist me? Is there anybody? And to me, I think that's the saddest thing. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, Mm. there's literally nothing I can do other than advance, you know, a couple of hundred or thousand rand just to help them get through uh, on a a short term. And it's not even that. It's insufficient. But it gives you an idea of, 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 of really what's happening and what's happening down at the ground, the number of people that are in desperate situations. And this is not ideology. This is not going to be helped by Malema, um, you know, uh, uh, carrying on the way that he is. It's literally we've got to rebuild. We've got to rebuild the economy. And we've got to rebuild it in a way, you know, start from, from scratch. Forget about minimum wages. Forget about all these, this ideology. We've got to get back to us. You know, we've got to just get back to, to everybody having some kind of a job and mm-hmm. at whatever wage, just to get them moving and to get them working. And, and, and you know, it's a, it's a frustration. I haven't got the answers, but uh, I haven't got the full answers. But whatever we're doing at the moment uh, is not working. You know, I, 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 I think we referred to a week or two ago, I showed you the JSC back in 1968, where we had so many businesses that were operational, textile businesses, yes. furniture manufacturers and that, um, those are not impossible. You know, those are not impossible. It's just a matter of attitude uh, to bring back that kind of manufacturing. You've got to do it in a competitive way. Um, I know it's far-fetched. Um, I know it's far-fetched, but it's much more feasible than starting another insurance company or a financial services business. Uh, you've got to get back to, to, to those kind of businesses where you actually employ people. Um, I know we're a low-skilled business and that, but we've got to become the Vietnam. We've got to become something like that uh, of Africa. But, 
Lindsay, I know when I when, when I look you, you at become, Victor, you, when become, I look you, at the you become very reflective and very sober about South Africa mm, when you go mm. to New York and when you see the vibrancy of a city that isn't representative mm. of the United States of America. But I mean, it does sort of embody U.S. values and attitudes mm. towards business and life. I think it is. You know, it's 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 also. Uh, um, I've been I've been when you say reflective, I've been. Uh, very cautious of South Africa for at least the last 10 years as I've seen it move down. Um, and it's worried me. You know, the stock exchange, for example, when you see the stock exchange's numbers, uh, that's a warning light. You know, it's a massive warning light. And one of the problems is that we all, we've all got plans. You know, so many businesses have got plans and nobody wants to be realistic about who we are or what businesses are. Um, we all give the PR blurbs, you know, we all, we all tell us what our PR agencies uh, tell us to say. Um, you know, everyone's optimistic. We've all got hope. We've all got prayer in there, but nobody wants to actually face the, uh, the facts. And we're in, we're in trouble. We're in desperate trouble. And when you're in desperate trouble, you've got to take desperate measures. And, and I don't think that, you know, there's nothing that Ramaphosa says or I see in the, that is going to help me. Uh, regain confidence. Forget about the rand. The rand is uh, is a toy. You know, it's a it's a trading toy uh, that moves with gold. It moves with other currencies and so on. It's just a toy for people to make money with. It's not really a reflection of the economy. Um, do you know what I mean? It's not. Uh, you know, you can't really say, "Oh, it's improving." That's because people like South Africa. No. It's it's uh, it's, it's far trading, away from it's that. a trading tool for yeah. emerging market investors. Exactly mm, right. Exactly. Although there are inflows and outflows. Yeah, I understand. Mm. Okay, let's move on to football now because I have to say, David, that I watched two uh, women's World Cup matches yesterday. I watched England versus Cameroon, which had everything: really good football, violence, <laughs> a, a, quite a, a boisterous crowd. The Cameroons were dirty. The Cameroonians were so dirty, but the, it, it was just a really good game. But the really good quality game from a footballing perspective was France versus Brazil. And that was a really big crowd singing and shouting and carrying on. And the, the quality of football, I have to say, was better than a lot of games I've seen in the English, uh, in the English first or second divisions, maybe even a couple of premiership games. It was terrific stuff. Oh, I, you know, I missed, unfortunately, I, I can't pick up. Uh, sport for the package that I have here. I missed the cricket. I've missed the soccer. So I've had to follow everything on uh, on the internet without watching it. Yes. Uh, but I'm surprised at the lack of interest here. Um, you know, in I mean, cricket you don't talk. I even went into an Indian stationery show yesterday, and there were two chaps there. And I said, uh, you know, South Africa at that stage were losing to Pakistan. I could see it was going to be lost. And they showed no interest. And I asked, I said, really? how can an Indian not be interested in cricket? Sorry, when I said, I said, have you seen that? He says, well, we're Indians. I said, but have you seen the Indian team? And they had no interest at all. I was deeply oh. distressed. There's in the underwear department in, in Bloomingdale's, there's a couple <laughs> of Indian chaps who love <laughs> men's <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Whenever I buy socks and underpants there. We always have long chats about cricket. They love their cricket. They're about the only Indians in, in I really don't want to talk about you and your underwear buying <laughs> patterns. Thank you very much, David. But, but they, what, you, what you might be able to watch tonight somewhere is USA versus Spain at the Women's World Cup. Because yeah, that's the big yeah. game tonight. That's going to be huge. Surely somewhere will you go down to your local Irish pub or something. No. It must be on there. 
No, I will. In fact, it is in the pubs and that. I'll watch that one. Okay. But uh, I must say, I, I, I've got to say, we said it last week, I think, um, I'm very, I, I, I think women's soccer has become very entertaining and I'm absolutely thrilled at the, uh, at the crowds, you know, the crowds. Mm. And, and here, when you see women's soccer here, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, all the kids play it. It's, uh, really is, you know, it, it, it's really a massive, massive sport here. And it's, uh, I love that. I love, I love to watch, uh, uh, the grounds here, whatever empty spaces here taken up by kids playing soccer. My, my grandson plays in his team here. Mm. And, uh, his, his team, I'm talking the whole of US, is ranked in the top 50 young teams. He's 11 going on 12. Very good. He's ranked in the top 50 in the whole, whole of America, you know, the whole of the US, not just uh, Manhattan. I think within the area here, they're certainly within the top 10 teams within the uh, Manhattan area, even, even higher than that. I think they came runners up in their league. So, uh, but they train. Lindsay, they train four times a week. He's 11. Mm-hmm. And not, when I say train, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a half an hour. They go for a good hour, hour and a half training. You know, uh, and this is after school and it's not during school. So it shows you the different attitudes. I mean, this is serious stuff. Yeah, South African sport. We don't even need to talk about South African sport. Mm-hmm. The Proteas were disastrous in this in the in the World Cup. They've just been knocked out. But anyway, we'll leave it there, David. Thank you very much for your extended time. That's David Shapiro from Sassafin talking to us from Manhattan. And that was a Shapiro World Special. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with ShareNet.co.za.